0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined, as always, by the voice of combat sports, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? Good. Hey, look, I don't do this too often, but
1: you see the back of my shirt? You see it. I
0: see it. 36 minutes to make life fair.
1: I mean, that's what this show's about, right? That's what fights are about, you know? 36 minutes, you know, that represents a championship fight, 12 three-minute rounds. It's my saying, and I have a, you know, clothing line that's involved with that. But that's not the point. The point is that everyone has a fight. And whether it's 36 minutes, whether it's an hour, whether, whatever it is, whatever that fight consists of, uh, you can make things fair. The Super Bowl was that fight. That that was that fight. Mahomes was on that stage, and what a great Super Bowl! You know, that's just my way of segueing into talking a little bit about the Super Bowl because I know everybody out there is a sports fan, obviously not just a combat sports fan, but a sports fan in general. Or most of you are, and you want to hear a little something about the Super Bowl. Um, it was a great, it was a great game, and and we watched the transcendent talent, just like Volkanovski and Markachev. Um, uh, transcendent talent we're going to talk about them obviously that's the big fights over the weekend huge fights over the weekend great fight over the weekend it was right up to par with the super bowl but i think it's the right way to go into this show that those guys are those special special is the word i use transcendent talents and mahomes is that and what is that that that's a guy that obviously has great athletic ability he's worked his butt off to develop it, but it's also the mental realm that these guys are like magicians where they can go into a situation, an environment that's chaos, that's difficult for most people, beyond difficult for some, and they can perform at the highest level, at even a new level in that environment because... Of their mentality, their character, you know, their will, um, th- all, all of that. But what it comes down to is, they can slow things down. They can, they can see, and they can breathe the air when other people can't breathe the air when it when it gets stuffy because of what's going on. When things start to move too fast, when things start to get to the um, too much chaos. Um, you know, when that kind of environment comes, they they revel in it. Where other people shrink in it, they raise up and they rise up in it. And again, it, it's, it's their physical abilities, but it's the mental realm that they're able to produce. And that's what it's all about in this world is that... You get paid to produce under pressure, whatever that pressure is, you know, whatever it is, a timeline because you're a writer, you know, you're a teacher and you, and you got the midterms coming up with the kids and you got to get them ready for the, for the midterms and, and you got to deal with all those examinations and all that, Wh- whatever it is, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, just as I've said many times on this air, just a father going to work every day. And he's got bills to pay. And you know what? There comes a day when it just gets hard to go to work, you know, and and to go to work and perform. And yet they raise up above that. You know, where where some people don't. Some people call in sick. They you know, and I'm not saying it's not authentic times to call in sick, but you get the point. uh, That some people are more durable in those situations. And I don't mean physical durability that they're just more durable mentally. They And again, they're, they're not panicked by those moments. Whatever those moments are, I just described a few of them. It's not all on a football field or a baseball diamond or a basketball court or, you know, on a, on a green in golf. Whatever that moment is. And Mahomes is one of those guys where, you know, what I meant by magician is he is a magician, where... A great magician will play off the environment. While people are transfixed, Ken, with what's going on, and they get a little bit mesmerized by that, they get a little bit distracted by that, they do their magic. They do their magic. You know, when when the people are just caught up in the excitement of the moment, the confusion of the moment, that's when the magician can make magic happen. And that's kind of like what he does when everybody else is caught up in the excitement the emotion of the moment the confusion of the moment he makes magic (laughs) like a magician like my grandson joseph last night doing a halftime show it was better than the one that you watch uh where he got in front of us in the living room and started putting a magic show on (laughs) for me and my family it was it was magic it was it was just it was magic so it was a great game I thought the difference was Mahomes. I, I thought Hurt was great, but I thought that the experience showed. You know, Hurt made a couple of mistakes, had fumble early on with the turnover that turned into seven points. Um, but he was great. He was great. But Mahomes surpassed it. He, 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 he was a difference maker. And I also think coaching.
0: I was, gonna, I was just going to say coach coaching, they, they took advantage of that man-to-man coverage every time. They got like three touchdowns off of them taking advantage no, of that can't. man-to-man coverage.
1: So much. They, they made adjustments in halftime. Big time. Where, where the other guy, the second-year coach, quite frankly, I'm not knocking him, but he got out-coached. Big time. He got out-coached. And those touchdowns Coaching showed matters. it Training when the guy matters. when Teaching the guy matters.
0: when they threw those passes and they walked into the end zone basically untouched. That was just blown coverage. They were just was, in the wrong no, coverage at that place on the field.
1: Yeah, and it shouldn't happen twice. Exactly. You know, not twice. So you know, once, all right. Twice, mm-hmm. no, yeah, same exact it doesn't, thing. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't happen again, but it did. And um, I thought that those. That's kind of what swayed the game. And another thing, we cover everything. And I and I think I'm speaking for people out there. I try to speak for audience. How many years are fed up with the officiating in the NFL this year? I thought the officiating on the whole in the NFL it wasn't that good. I thought that was was, terrible. uh, okay, just being, like being, on
0: those catches. It's like you, you might as well flip a coin if they're going to rule I thought, it a catcher, not a catch. I mean, come on, it's hard enough to catch the ball at all. Like they should be a little yeah, bit more lenient. I, I, agree. I think.
1: I thought all year long the officiating was was weak at best and suspected worse. And in the game, the biggest game, I thought it was terrible. I I mean, a couple of those calls changed the game. They actually changed the, game. the call at the end with that with that pass interference, it, it, it ended the game. It no, ended the and game. And not
0: only that, Teddy, but let's take into consideration the pass was like 10, 15 yards overthrown. Well, I, there was a million things that... Uh, I think just, we're
1: speaking for a lot of people. I yeah. agree with you. And how about that catch that the that the Eagles made? Beautiful pass by Hurt, by the way, towards the end uh, on the sideline. Yep. I mean, they called, I mean. It a, they called it a completion, Ken. And then to overturn it, you have to have undisputable undisputable evidence over the, they overturned that yeah i mean i, was, I,
0: I, I didn't see it i i i, and I didn't I care who i didn't my kids kept asking me dad who do you want to win i'm like i really don't care i am just like i'm just want to see it overtime I i be great
1: Staten Island, new york it's all about the boxes it's all about the numbers it's about there are enough box pools on Staten Island, new yorks to drown yeah. to drown <laughs> let, let me tell you and and I got to tell you, I know I'm speaking for you guys out there, some of you, how many years were pissed off <laughs> where the numbers changed? I get it. I had a good box. I had a good box. Ken, I was in. I was in. I was in like Flynn. And then I wasn't. Yep. I was I was out just like that. When when that field goal hit the, when that missed field goal, I hate that field goal. <laughs> I hate him. You know, he he cost me a big box right yeah. there. He cost me a big box oh, right there. Oh, that stinks. And, uh, I mean, come on. And then... Towards the end, I won't even get into it, uh, where where the numbers shifted because of those calls and everything yep. else. But um, put it this way: I guess everybody knows now. Teddy didn't do too good with his pocket. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Okay, I hope you guys did better. I hope you didn't have to experience I had. But um, <laughs> I, I just uh, I thought that we should touch on that. And there's another thing that I. I, I, most people wouldn't go here, but I—we're uh, both family men, and you got young kids. Uh, I know I got young grandchildren, everything. But I, I'm I, I, a lot of people f- maybe disagree with me on this, and I get it. I get, um, I get our generation right now—the young generation—what what they're different than my generation, your generation. I what they're into, all that. But this is a sporting event. Okay, this is to become the biggest stage in the world, but it's still a sporting event. And it used to be in the afternoon. Now it's at seven at night, six thirty at night, but it's not at midnight. It's not at nine, ten, eleven, but it used to be earlier. And it used to be the concept was it was a family thing, you know, just like going to a game in baseball game into basketball. You bring your family, you know, you see the game and then it grew. It grew into a monster. And it's a monster event. And I don't know who could afford to take their family. Not too many normal families, average families, could afford to take them anymore. But you still got people that treat it like, a, like that event. Where it's a sporting event, you go to it, you bring your family, you go there. And, and of course, it's a Super Bowl party, so there's a lot of other things going on. Where people go there to just have fun. Just go You know, bonkers during the, the week that they're there, going out. All that stuff. okay but again the concept it's it's a game it's a sporting event and it's a world stage and it it represents us the country where everyone the whole world's watching us and i don't know maybe i'm being a prude maybe i'm being shown up too old now maybe you know some people are going to say hey you're wrong teddy but i love the music the music was great no, she's a great singer, great entertainer, but did we need those sexual implications and uh, gyrations and uh, at that f- in this format on on a Super Bowl? I know what it's grown into. It's grown into an event. And I want to hear you when I'm finished with this. I really do because you got two, you got younger kids than my kids are grown, but I got grandchildren, but they're very young. And your kids at a different age, it's still, have we gotten so far away from things that it just don't matter what we put on as our entertainment now? And again, the world's watching that this is what we celebrate that that the world that somebody that never saw stuff in America before that that never was aware of the Super Bowl and never aware of our country and our you know the things that we do and the things that we're interested in. and they watch the Super Bowl oh, this is an event you got to watch the Super Bowl okay it's an American event okay just like baseball is American pleasure okay and you watch that halftime show and you got to be thinking oh i get it these people it's all about you know sexual uh things it's 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 it's, you know right in your face i mean some of it nobody thought it was getting a little bit to that place where it got a little i'm gonna use a strong word raunchy where it got a little. like i'm just saying it's not a nightclub (laughs) if you're going out to a nightclub that's that's different. You're paying to go. You know where you're going. You know what your audience is. You know what you're going to get. You go to a concert. You Again, you're paying to go to a concert. You, that audience knows what they want to see. And, and the entertainers play to that. And they make a lot of money. I get it. I get it. This wasn't a nightclub. This wasn't a concert. I know it's become this mega event. I get it. But it's still a sporting event. And it got turned into a burlesque, burlesque show at halftime. Almost it did. And and some people agree. Some people won't. That's great. That's what the conversation is about. And but, and I, I think most people are afraid to even say something. I, I'm sure some of those commentators would have thought. You know what? I I'm not sure that I'd want my 12 year old, 14 year old. You know. 15 year old kid even if they're into uh, there with me with my wife and uh, necessarily seeing these gyrations right now i don't know maybe i'm wrong but they're not gonna say nothing of course not because it you know it's 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 better not to say nothing i get it i get it but i say something i say something and um And we have to format where we can and where we love our audience and where we have an open audience. We have an open forum here and we do talk about life. And I just thought that being that it was such a huge part and it's become such a huge part of a mega event, the biggest sporting event in the world now, other than the World Cup, I guess, right? Um, That for one night, is it appropriate? Is that now appropriate? Is that just now where Teddy shut up? Teddy shut up. That's just what it is. And yeah, it's appropriate. Am I wrong? Am I? Am I that w- way out of in the woods? on this Ken you no, tell me
0: i first of all i love rihanna i couldn't wait to see her so i sat in a different room because we have people here with my nine-year-old son and my seven-year-old son and i was loving i was like oh she's so good all the songs are great i loved her outfit and then when she like grabbed her ass and bent over and was twerking, I was like, all right, this is a little much. And the kids were like, and they, my, I could tell my kids were cringing and like, you know, all that." I remember that feeling when I was a kid, when nudity would come on TV and I was with my parents, I'd be so uncomfortable. I'd be praying for it to end if they were there. If they weren't there, of course, I was like looking like with my eyes bugged out. But when she then yeah, rubbed her course. crotch and then- You're normal. I, when it happened, I was like, did she just rub her crotch and smell her hand? Like well, I, on,
1: that's what I, I'm saying.
0: And then I say, that's what I, I agree with you 100%. If she could have just avoided that move, listen, like you said, if I was there to see a Rihanna concert with my wife or with my friends and I, whatever, without my children, all right, a bit much for me, but I can like let the that's some stuff slide. That's I'm saying lie. it in the right but, context. Yeah, 100%. But when I'm watching it with my kids and my son was like, Dad, what is she doing? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I think they're just trying to. Okay, get a t- I'm
1: going to make a point here. Janet Jackson was basically banned because <laughs> she, when she opened up her breasts, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and 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 she went too far, right? And she was banned for opening up breasts. She thought that was sensational. She was going to make highlights. It did. It made highlights and it made low lights. And and people said, no, you went over. You you crossed the line. Okay, so you just said it. Rihanna didn't cross the line. I know she didn't, you know, expose her body that way, but she didn't cross the line by doing what the act that you just described. She didn't, that wasn't, that wasn't as bad as what Janet Jackson did in many ways. I get you're not showing skin. I understand that difference. All right, but still, it was pretty implicit.
0: (laughs) Implicit, it was like blatant. Wasn't it yeah. implied? And this is look. being
1: done. By the way, I, nobody even mentioned it. Like they're afraid to mention anything. What are we afraid of? I mean, we're humans. We, we can talk. We can have conversation. We can agree to disagree. This was a pregnant woman. From everything I could, yeah, she's kinda, pregnant. To understand right? Yeah, a pregnant woman doing this. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, again, maybe, maybe Teddy's just uh, old fart now, right? Maybe, well, maybe it wouldn't
0: fit. It wouldn't fit the. It wouldn't fit the woke media um, agenda to criticize Rihanna for anything at this stage of the oh. game where we are in society. If other, if All someone right. else might have done something similar, um, I'll leave it at that. I can guarantee you that the certain. Um, I don't know, left-leaning outlets would be destroying said person and dragging them up and down Main Street. But some people are going to be able to get away with whatever they want to do. You could, like, I don't know, I don't want to get smashed on, on social media in no, no, on the I comments, just, but you know exactly what I, I mean. I don't care if I She could have right. freaking I don't go
1: on the internet. I don't even know what the thing looks like. So so people can't even get... People can't even get to me. I, I don't need... And as long as I'm on a rant, let me change gears just for a second before we get to the fight. I know you're with me on this. I Everyone knows that I'm technology ignorant or, and, you know, that that I'm just... I'm I'm intolerant of technology. I'm 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 just I don't I know what I know, which hopefully is something with fighting, with living your life, with hopefully behaving, trying to behave like a man, um, like a husband, like a father, um, trying to be as honest as I can and more honest every day in my life um, than I was the day before with myself and with others. Uh, I'm I'm trying my best, but. As far as the internet, I don't know diddly about it. You know how Bo Jackson say Bo, Bo knows diddly. I I don't know diddly about the internet unless somebody sends me something to see it because I <laughs> I I am illiterate when it comes to that world. But I get by. I do all right. And but then when somebody sends me these pieces that peop- that these people out there that have their own websites that Take clips from our show, and they put them out there as if it's part of their show. Can you at least? I don't mind it. I mean, that's great. That that's a great. They're giving us more exposure theoretically. They 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 are complimenting us, taking clips of our show and putting it on their show and putting it to their public to their audience. They're complimenting us for our show. Okay. I but can you credit us? Can you not put it forward like like it's like it's yours, like it was done on your show? Can you at least say from the fight with Teddy Atlas and Ken Rideout that this is what this is what they talked about in this fight or in this situation and we agree or we disagree or 100%. but we're putting it out there to the audience? Hey, if I mean, you didn't
0: listen to Teddy's podcast, here's what he said. How about anything like that? I mean, uh, it saves some integrity. Not just it's play, all hey, over the me internet. You, I, let me tell you. Let me tell you what the newsbreakers are talking about, and I'll just post it here and claim credit for it. Just,
1: I mean, uh, listen. S- I don't mean to be a jerk, but the uh, people. It's all people send me these clips, and they're from all over the you know the fight part of the internet, whatever, and i'm getting all these clips i said wait a minute i have to like look at it i read it i look i said wait a minute did did rob put this up is this is this this from our show i'm i'm serious i know is this from our show and then i look i said oh no it's it's from some other show well can they at least say yeah as said on teddy and ken's podcast you know, I don't know. But then again there's whatever. Uh, uh, the world is the world. I'm I am i I'm never gonna make it right. Um I'm never gonna be perfect, the world's never gonna be perfect. Uh that's that's agree to to that. And let's move on because just like the Super Bowl was super, that fight and, and the cult feature too was was a display of great talent, but that fight between Markachev and and, and, and um, uh, Volkanovski, just like a Super Bowl, don't always live up to, to his billing, and it doesn't. But when it does, it's great. And the big, big mega fights don't always live up to their billing. But when they do, it's the thrill in Manila, it's the rumble in the jungle, it's, you know, it's whatever it becomes. It becomes iconic. This one lived up to the billing of the greatness of these two not one but these two great fire and you know I, last week we were talking about Fred Astaire you brought up Fred Astaire the great dance and I said you know he needed Ginger Rogers you know you, he he needed he needed a dance partner to show his greatness just like Ali needed Frazier and Mugachev is so much better than everyone else he also needs a dance partner I think the great ones need a dance partner to kind of show, to go to those deep places, go to those dark places, put a light on, show us, show us how far they can go. They have to be taken there by somebody. And Volkanovsky was that dance partner, just like Frazier was that dance partner for Ali. He was that dance partner. He took, he took Mankachev to that place where we could see, whoa, 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 he, he's got a Find a way here, hey, you know. His talent's not enough. His his pure talent's not enough. Volkanovski's not allowed it to be enough. Whoa, man! I can't wait to talk about that. Go ahead, Ken. Go. Let's start with the cult feature, I guess. Right? Which which was very interesting. Um, they yeah. got good talent there in the UFC. <laughs> <me tell> you. <laughs>
0: you think? Well, <laughs> that's like saying I, they had I, good I, talent I, in the I, I just Bowl. like the
1: lightweights in boxing. You know, the lightweight division is is jammed up the welterweight division is jammed up with talent right no doubt about it man that division that division Volkanovski's featherweight was a fe- he moved up so uh, he moved up from featherweight i guess yeah it's a that light. featherweight division man it's stacked in the ufc it is they stacked. all
0: are. yeah before we get into that though i want to take a minute to give a shout out to our new sponsor factor Factor gets you ready to eat healthy meals delivered straight to your door. I've been loving these things, Teddy. I've been getting the vegan meals just to make sure I'm getting all my veggies every day. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat them up in the microwave and enjoy. Super easy and convenient. No matter your preference, Factor has you covered. They're delicious. They've got options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie protein plus and more. Head to factormeals.com slash Atlas 50 and use the code Atlas 50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, factormeals.com slash Atlas 50. Nobody has time
1: in this world no more. So convenience (laughs) is important. Right or wrong, Ken, it's important. 100%. And they're... They're fast. They're convenient. They're good. They're good, and they're and they're made out of good. I mean, it's it's good nutritionally, and it tastes good, and they're fast. They're quick. Um. And I like their smoothies too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. and it's
0: never oh. frozen, so it's not like that frozen meal crap you get in the health food section of the um, supermarket that's just never tastes good. Um, but with that, let me say one more thing. Shout out to our other sponsor today, Athletic Greens AG1. You guys know them, you love them, just like I do. I know you love them, Teddy. The all-in-one green drink, seventy-five whole food sourced ingredients. They give you it, that
1: edge. They give you hundred percent. They're gonna get. They're giving you that edge to win the Tokyo Marathon. Done. That's How's right. training going? I know you did a twenty mile run. I think it was on the Super Bowl or, or yep. Saturday. I'm Yesterday, not sure. <laughs> Super
0: yeah. Bowl. Yep, yeah. I did twenty yeah. miles, five forty-seven pace. Felt unbelievably strong. I did three sets of five miles. Five miles at five forty pace. Five miles at five thirty-five, wow. and then five miles at like five twenty-two to end wow. it off. Wow. So you're wow. progressively wow. getting faster. Felt good. Got to put it all together now I get to Tokyo. But you know I'll be traveling with my AG1 travel packs. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Atlas and they'll send you 10 of the travel packs for free with your first purchase. The va- the travel packs, I can't live without them. Athleticgreens.com slash Atlas to get your 10 free travel packs. Get your all-in-one green drink from Athletic Greens. Uh, those two, two guys who look like they're taking their Athletic Greens and eating their factor meals, it was uh, Yaya Rodriguez and Josh Emmett these guys all these guys get into the ring they're just like a ball of muscles like they're the most efficient looking bodies you've ever seen you know uh, some of the heavyweights look like they might be maybe use a couple of those factor meals maybe carrying a couple extra not john LBs. jones and god no, <laughs> no, not john no. jones
1: and god and no, i'm gonna and, be out and, there the covering that one by the way with the great charlie monahan i'm gonna i'm gonna be out there with the ufc crew in vegas um. When is that? March, March 4th. Early March. March 4th. March 4th, yeah. I'm going to be out there covering that for, you know. I'm jealous. BSN. I wanted go, to go. I'll be in Tokyo. Go figure, Ken. 50 years in boxing. They don't have me covering boxing. They <laughs> have me
0: covering UFC. Uh, well, that's because like boxing, like politics, no one wants to hear the truth. They only want it. Th- if you can't control the message, like Vince McMahon would say, if you can't control the me- the message and the results, you don't have a business. So... um yeah and dana white controls at least all the fights that are being made so the f- best always fight the best so that's why the ufc is always like delivers incredible results like they did with this mm-hmm. yaya rodriguez josh mm-hmm. Emmett. the brand
1: s- the brand is is, is solid because yep. because the product is consistent yeah you know that's I for
0: sure and that's exactly what they delivered on saturday night my god did yaya rodriguez look show so sharp and i heard a lot of people hyping up Emmett like he was gonna run right through Yair Rodriguez almost like he was it was like a foregone conclusion at least that was the vibe I was getting now now I don't watch every single thing that's published and 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 put on the internet but I just a few things I saw I was like man they think Emmett's gonna run through Yair I think Yair is an incredible striker Josh Emmett's obviously got a chin and tough. he's tough and he's tough but my god Yair Rodriguez Beat the crap out of him. He kicked him and punched him and then eventually submitted him. And then he's such a gentleman at the end. When he submitted him, Josh Emmett, he says, Josh Emmett looked at him like, oh, my God, F it. I lost. Oh, my God. And, and Yair Rodriguez immediately told him, stop that thinking right now. You're going to be great. You'll overcome this. You'll be back. You're going to be a champion. Keep your head high. Just like a good person, and I think that comes from a lot of these different martial arts trainings. That's one of the big things they emphasize, even at my son's school. When they're training, they always tell him, Listen, we're not trying to hurt each other. you got to take care of your training partners. We don't want to hurt people so they can't train with us. You get someone in a submission, if they don't tap, you can let it go. We're training. We're not trying to kill people and break arms and legs. And I think that reflects a lot in, in these guys in the UFC, when they get a win like that, that the first thing they do when they submit a guy is almost like Yair. He's concerned about his opponent's emotional well-being. It's just, I don't know. I, you just, obviously, this doesn't apply to everyone. There's good guys and bad guys in every endeavor in life. But um, it was just great to see. Great sportsmanship. No BS in either yeah, well, fight, this one or the main. But how'd you like the striking from Yair?
1: Oh, uh, Forget about it. Huh, forget about it. Forget <laughs> I was going to say, it. I was going to say, you,
0: I can tell you were with your Staten Island buddies last night. Forget, forget about, about it. it. <laughs>
1: yeah. First, I want to just mention, you know, being that the Super Bowl was in Arizona, uh, you made me just think about somebody because when you mentioned Dana White, obviously a great businessman, another friend of ours of the show, uh, also uh, Dave Portnoy, great businessman, yeah. Boston Sports, all that stuff. Um, he was out there. obviously I guess for the Super Bowl and um I have a friend Adrian uh from Staten Island he's he's transplanted himself out in Arizona and he's doing great he's got a little pizzeria that's very popular so Portnoy went by there I think he did a pizza review there but anyway he he went by there and Adrian mentioned how he said to say hello to us and all that stuff uh Portnoy but you know it was it was kind of cool that uh that my friend, that Portnoy stopped in his place, you know, in his pizza place, and and it's the funny thing is, I said you might have to kind of like the the line from the from the the movie Jaws where you're going to need a bigger boat. I said you might need a bigger place, now. <laughs> you know, yeah, because he's got a tiny little place. ken he don't care? Yeah. He can only make a certain amount of pie. He sells out in the middle of the day. He closes up. He don't care. Goodbye. So long. Because he's <laughs> that's that, the name of his place. Popular. I, I can't think of the name right now, but that's, What's the that's guy's how popular. Uh, Adrian, his name's Adrian. He's in he's in uh, in in Arizona, and and um, he's an Albanian guy. He's a, he's very close to me and my family, and so I could never pronounce his last name. I don't think I don't think, <laughs> but um, he uh, he has got this little tiny place that's really popular, and but like I said, he can only do a certain amount of you know business because. Uh, the the place ain't big enough to to do more than he does he can you know he works there himself he's got one guy working with him and it's not like you know he can put out 400 pies a day he puts out whatever amount it is and like i said the line could be outside he closes the door and and that's the end of it and so i was joking with him i said hey he does a pizza review. You might have to do some construction over there. You know, you might have to <laughs> add on a little bit. He goes, Teddy, I can't. But um, I said, well, all right. But uh, you might be forced to. But <laughs> I I just uh, I want to give him a little mention. It just made me think about that. As far as Rodriguez and Emmett, uh, great prelude to the great anticipated main event. And I tweeted before it started that... You knew it was going to be explosive with the two styles and talents. You touched on it, Ken. You know, Emmett is a big puncher. He's aggressive. Uh, Rodriguez, you know, he's got such a huge arsenal. That's the thing that impressed me with Rodriguez, how dimensional he is with everything. He could do everything. And he throws freaking kicks around like boxers throw jabs. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you know, box pop 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 throws a jab. He's like boom, 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 boom. I mean, flicking kicks around like with the same kind of regularity and fluidity as as a fighter throwing jabs. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, it makes him very very dangerous. Uh, it, it, it makes him really. It, it makes him uh, well. Right now, it made him interim champion is what it made him to be specific about it. Uh, Rodriguez, he's just. A dangerous man he's a dangerous man now Emmett tough I mean uh, he got himself in position I always say this Ken and it came to fruition again where when you got a guy much faster Rodriguez was much faster than Emmett when you got a guy much faster there's one thing if you know anything about fighting timing can negate speed and I teach that in gym and it's it comes to reality quite often. And you have to be aware of that. And if you're dealing with someone faster, <laughs> Emmett was very aware and his team was aware of that. They tried to get Rodriguez into a position where they could time him. They knew they couldn't match the speed. And what did he do? Sure enough, Emmett did it. He timed him with, with one of his good shots. He's he's a huge puncher. He timed him. He caught he caught our uh, Rodriguez uh, with with a beautifully placed, you know, timed shot, but it, it wasn't, obviously, it's the kind of fight where the talent difference disparity, if you will, the style, the dimensions, everything I mentioned, the advantages that Rodriguez has, you're going to have to time him and catch him perfect, and then you're going to have to get rid of him. Because there's too many things he can do. There's too many freaking things he can do. And Emmett didn't get rid of him. He he timed him towards the end of the first round. But it wasn't enough. It it wasn't a perfect scenario where the perfect storm to get him out of there. I thought it was enough to perhaps pull out the first round for him. I thought so. It was a close round, but I thought it might have pulled out the round. But it didn't matter. Because then the bell rang for the second round. <laughs> and then it was all Rodriguez. He, he won the interim title exactly the way that you want to win a title. Very impressively. Uh, he showed he's a great finisher, which, you know, which is important. He hurts a guy, he gets rid of the guy. Uh, and like I said, he's got great talent, great athleticism, does it all with great technique. See, that's that's another key. Does everything te- technically solid? Like I said, he's so well rounded. He's so dimensional. Um, he he he's a load. He he's a problem. You know, he he's a problem for anybody. And I will tell you something. This is a, quite a statement. But he'll be a problem for the great great. Volkanovski, too. He won't be any kind of walk in the park because Volkanovski just did what he did with nobody expected it with Makachev except the real devout fans of his. Um th- he ain't walking through Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the same kind of test, it's a different style. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the same kind of, you know uh situation, obviously, different style than it was with with Markachev, but it will be a serious, serious, dangerous, difficult fight for Volkanovski. Uh, Rodriguez is that good. He's that dangerous. And that's it. Let's talk about the great Volkanovski and the great Markachev.
0: Oh my god, what an incredible fight. I don't think that you could have I don't think that fight could have been better. I desperately wanted to see Volkanovsky win. So I was a little bit biased. I thought he did enough to he's win. He's our guy. Of- he's been on our yep, show. He's our
1: exactly. guy. He's I mean, really, Margachev might be the greatest guy in the world, but he's not our guy. Right. You know, Volkanovsky's our guy. And right. um And I I know Rob's
0: working on getting him on again for uh, next week. Hopefully he can do it. But uh, yeah, to your point, Teddy, just he was our guy. So maybe I was a little biased. I thought he did enough to win. He's coming up in weight. It's in Australia. I just thought I just thought for my money, like that's that guy won the fight for me. But, you know, it's hard to argue with the judges. It was I, I don't think the judges did a bad job. I think if you go back and look at it, you can make a case either way. One round here or there, which is essentially, you know, a couple of those rounds where one move Here one move there. Do you like the takedown? Well, the one
1: judge I disagree with. The one judge, yeah, the one judge had
0: it like way off. But I would say this: Do you? uh, And this is for the for the jujitsu and the grappling uh, aficionados. Do you value more the takedown? or the ability to get out of the takedown. He got him down okay. He's a wrestling, he's a well, wrestling master. Was, to your
1: point, his defense, Volkanowski's defense uh, on, with the grappling and the jiu-jitsu on the mat was tremendous. He's and improved Macev so much. And Makachev had his
0: back and just held him there for two or three minutes, and I think that if you look at who did more damage, I'd say Volkanowski did more damage, but the fact that he had his back, I, the scoring is just so hard to interpret because... is. Chel Sonnen had a great take on this on Sunday morning, so I don't want to steal his thunder. But he said it. He's like, okay, the guy's on his back, but Volkanovski's punching him in the face for three straight minutes, and, and, and Makachev can't do anything with him. Okay, he's holding him down. And, and, like,
1: and laughing and showing the it factor that yep. I talk about, about great entertainers and... Great performers and obviously uh, special, special talent, uh, special in this case fighters. Uh, but but he's got it all. He's got that it factor. He's got that intangible. He's got that. He's got that X factor where in. Uh, in in the, the rest of that moment, the, where it would be dark for somebody else, he puts a light on. He he's sitting with his back towards the guy, with the guy wrapped around him, and and he's growling. He's he's talking. He he's hitting him with back fists, you know, <laughs> as, as he's as he's uh. And you know, as he's entertaining the audience and he's talking to him, I mean, it was really, I mean he, he's one of those special guys that lights up a ring with their talent and with their personality, with their charisma, with with that it factor. You know, that's the best way I could say it. He he lights it up. And listen, it helps him that he's in front of his his countrymen uh in Australia. That atmosphere of fed to that and played to that but he played to it he he was able to play to it he had enough talent and enough of a mindset where under those extreme conditions he could be wrapped around on the floor sitting with his back to the guy to one of the greatest grapplers greatest guys on the floor there is right now in the UFC that he's Habib he's Khabib like and that that's his bigger Big as I I couldn't give a bigger compliment than that. And here he is Bop Bop and then he's talking to you as he's doing it. Um it really it it added to the event, obviously, but as far as the breakdown of the fight
0: well, one, one thing I wanted to just say about uh, uh, finish with was I think if you look at it, it was supposedly a battle for pound for pound. But one guy's fighting at another guy's weight class. And you could make a, like I said earlier, you could make an argument. One little move here or there, Volkanovsky wins that fight. He's coming up an entire weight class. We saw what Izzy, who's unbelievable, happened to him when he went out and fought at, uh, at light heavy. He got dominated by uh, yeah, Prochaska. I right. So I think on, on a pound for pound basis, I think Volkanovski's still number one pound for pound. Let let Islam lose half the weight and go down and meet Volkanovsky at a catch weight. Let him come down to Volkanovsky's weight. Volkanovsky went up a whole other weight class, first time at that weight class, and pushed this guy to the razors, to the edge of the Can like, I give you a different angle? Yep. I'm gonna
1: go, I am gonna agree with you. I get it. That's the conventional way to look at it, the smart way, to the intelligent way to look at it. Yes, I get it. I'm going to give you a different angle. We are so used to and... And just, you know, so formed into thinking that when a guy moves up, he's got a disadvantage yeah. um, of fighting a bigger guy. But here, could it have been flipped around? Here's my point. Could it be flipped around a little? I'd like to hear what Trail Sonnen has to say about it because I really appreciate his intelligence. Him and and Smith and all, well, all those guys—they're all very intelligent. All of them—they really are. Uh, DC. Of them that, uh, DC, forget about it. Rogan, all of them. Uh, I appreciate their just their intellect with this, with obviously with this form of combat. But I'd love to hear. Chow because he's very outspoken. Obviously, most of them are all articulate. He's very articulate. He's got a big forum. I'm sure he listens to this show. I know he does. Um, I'd love to hear, and maybe Rob can send this to him, but I would love to hear his take on, my take on this, where maybe in this case, it actually became a disadvantage to the bigger guy, and I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, the smaller guy is moving up. You're right. And he's small in stature anyway, physically. And now he's moving up to another weight class. He's already a midget. And now he's moving up to another weight class. But, but he's not a midget where it counts. That's for sure. Inside as a fighter. But Volkanovski was very strong. He's always strong. But, you know, he's, he's real strong. And we all know that there's a history of Markachev having trouble making weight. And he had to, take, he had to strip down bare naked... And they put that cover around him, that that thing that they put around him for the weigh-in so you wouldn't see that he was naked. He had to strip down to everything to make the weight, to make it right on mark. And he did. But that shows you how he must have struggled to make that weight.
0: You know that Dan Hooker this morning went on Twitter and said he was kind of... Um cryptic he said you think you can come to Australia hire a nurse to get an IV and we're not going to find out about it you cheating bastard or whatever he called him but basically suggesting and I don't know if he has proof or anything but now you know the conspiracy theories I have an addict. that's a pretty uh, strong yeah, accusation yeah. and Dan Hooker doesn't well, strike me as I'm on point with what I'm talking 100%. about 100% that's right I'm just emphasizing like they're alleging that he took an IV which is completely illegal number one you can't rehydrate with, with saline because in addition to providing an unfair hydration advantage it can also be used as a masking agent for certain uh anabolics that you can be tested for right after the fight it dilutes your blood and can and can mask those um uh performance enhancers so if he i mean for dan to say that i hope he has oh, some real concrete proof because that's a pretty serious well, accusation
1: yeah they sh- yeah, very serious and look i'm sure they're looking into it but here's the thing that just makes my point that much stronger that, that all it does is it, enha- it, enhan- it enhances the point I'm making. Markachev has trouble making weight. Okay, he's a big guy. All right, he took all his clothes off. He just made the weight. Like I said, you know he we was struggling to get down to that. We see him have to get naked. You know, they put the thing around him so you don't see him. But we know that he's naked on the scale. What we also have to assume and know is that he had to restrict himself and compromise himself with his diet and with fluid intake. He uh, he had to dry out maybe a little longer than normal, but he had to do all that fighters have to do to cut that weight. That weakens you. Is it possible? He's renowned. Magachev is renowned for his gas tank. He's renowned for his ex- extraordinary superhuman uh, in- endurance. Right? He's, he's renowned for that. He doesn't burn out. He just keeps going. He was getting gassed at the end more than Volkanowski. And so, did that play into it? I think it could have. Uh, the main thing is the fighters. They both, how they are mentally and how they are technically and how they are physically as fighters. That's the key. But these other things in a real tough fight, they have implications. They they have little implications. They they can sway things a little bit because there's not a lot of room margin of difference here. And when there's not a big huge cushion of difference, then the little things can't tilt it one way or the other. And I'm just saying that we looked at it to your point. We looked at it rightfully, because we're conditioned to do that, that hey, Volkanovski's got the disadvantage. He's got to move up to the bigger guy's weight. But maybe the bigger guy struggling to make the weight had the disadvantage. And the little guy, fully strong, maybe yeah, had the advantage.
0: I've always wondered that. Like, to someone, how much of a disadvantage does it give you when you're cutting like uh, that kind of crazy weight? Like, I was, I was listening to um, Joe Rogan talk to Paul Felder today on his podcast last week. And Joe said that, When Alex Perea got into the fight with uh, Izzy, when he got in the ring, this is Joe said, I don't know if this is true, but he said that Perea might have weighed as much as 220 pounds. And Izzy, when he fought uh, Yuri... At light heavy weight in at like 193 or 194 so I let's say it is his heaviest, he's like 190, 195. Give him the benefit of the 30 pound disadvantage because Perea definitely looked like he was much, much bigger in that fight. Yeah, so I yeah. I always wonder like, how much of a detriment is it cutting that weight 24 hours before you well, know, it you know, it's
1: like, definitely hurts you, of course, it definitely it's not just dehydrating the, the muscles
0: dehydrate all the organs yes. the bro, you can't brain get everything it. back yeah exactly yeah,
1: i mean you can't get uh, it's definitely an element of the competition it's uh, it's definitely a factor um you you overcome it you deal with it that's what you do but uh, it's it's something that's that definitely has a say in the fight in its own in in its own way
0: I like the one championship has a rehydration clause. They test your urine the day of the fight or the day at weigh-ins that if you're a certain level of dehydration, you, you can't fight. And they can measure it. You know, how much salt, how much water is in your blood, you know, and um, apparently they have a urine test that can test the hydration levels. I don't know what it is, but that's uh, – I like that. Protect the fighters. I, I think- love
1: loved the atmosphere. Um, it was an incredible atmosphere down on the – it, it was very reminiscent, reminding of the great atmosphere that the British fans give us across the pond, the whole country, where they all come out to support their guy, their man. Um, I love the was, Aussie sports
0: fans. I think they're amongst the best yeah, well, sports they, fans in the world at every sport. Crick, cricket. It was,
1: it was appropriate.
0: Rugby, rugby you, you name it. Yep. I, I love I tweeted Aussies.
1: that, you know, I had tweeted with my great tweet team, Rob Moore, Brennan Wood, and Ian Mackey. They're unbelievable.
0: You're sharing a tweet team with one of the greatest scientists in the world, the great Andrew Huberman.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I feel bad that I've I've reduced these guys, these these brainiacs uh, to (laughs) to be tweeters Um, uh, that... No, I appreciate them very much.
0: The other tweet masters talking about brain health and neuroplasticity, and then they come over here to the fight with Teddy Ellis and talk about how to punch someone in the brain as hard as you yeah, can. Yeah, well, I appreciate. It. I know it's it's
1: it's, 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 it's a little Speaks bit of something. To that duality. Come to terms with. Speaks to the duality to of man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. it's... It, it, it's a little conflictive, but but um <laughs> in, in in some ways. But I appreciate the hell out of all of them, and I it really does. Sometimes I'm embarrassed. They say, Teddy, your tweet team does a great team. Who are they? I say, I'm <laughs> embarrassed to say I I got these scientists that from are Stanford. Like, I got. From Stanford <laughs> tweeting for me i mean i i i i've i I feel like a schmuck that that i i I get these guys that could break down molecules they break molecules down when they're and, done you know, we,
0: when they're done sending your tweets they're off to the uh Nobel laureate award ceremony
1: yeah i mean it's I am blessed um to have them and and it is it is really, but they like it they and I love having them, and I love them being part of my family in that way um I tweeted that it's not just these two fighters before the fight that it's not just their physical skills that separate these guys from the rest it's their mental realms which you know it always is and um they're so mentally tough that they're always able to go beyond their physical limits and the tweet that I talked about was that this was like Superman versus Batman it was like becoming like superhero it was like a Marvel comic book uh showdown between you know whoever your favorite whether it's Spider Man whether it's Hulk I pick Superman versus Batman where that's kind of what it represented because again they go beyond the normal realms these guys they they go beyond the realms of normal you know doings uh, comfort when other people get uncomfortable they get comfortable uh, when when things get to that temperature uh, it 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 only that's when they get working. And they illustrated that. I, I also, uh, yeah, I tweeted that beforehand. And I got to say, one of our tweets made the broadcast. And you know what? Again, we're, we're like doing an end zone dance. You know, we're like little kids. My tweet, the whole tweet team. We're like, yeah, uh, it's up on the broadcast. <laughs> like, like It's so funny to me. Like you saw during the Super Bowl, these guys do all these dances, you know, when they (laughs) score a touchdown. We're doing that. We're doing that.
0: It's funny to me that you still get a kick out of seeing your tweet on, on... uh, the broadcast when you should be on there actually talking and giving a breakdown of the fight like you did for 25 years on ESPN Friday Night Fights. It's crazy how I've been, uh, things work.
1: I know. It's funny. I, I've done four Olympics for NBC. I've, I've done ESPN 26 years and radio and TV before that. You know, 50 years basically in the business of being on TV and a a tweet getting posted gets me going.
0: <laughs> That's good, though. We all need Go small figure. wins.
1: You know, I made a note to myself that it also shows that when a fighter has those special mental qualities and supreme confidence, you can never, ever count them out or make them a huge underdog. And I want to make this point with anyone as they mo- made Volkanowski. Now, I don't have the lines, but I think I have them. Uh, M- Makachev was basically minus 400, and I think you got back 310 if you took Volkanovski. In that context, my, yep. Yeah, yeah. So he was a three to one underdog, basically Volkanovski. I just don't think anyone with these qualities can ever be that kind of underdog. Nope. I, I, because that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Um, just you know, just what I'm saying. Like, like when Ali fought Sonny Liston, he was a seven to one underdog, but we didn't understand the qualities Ali had yet. They hadn't been on full exhibit yet for the world to see. You know uh but they were there but we didn't quite we weren't quite aware of what they were and the depth of them um but again when a performer when an entertainer when a when one of these combatants have those kind of qualities they can go to places that you can't foresee that, that your brain can't foresee, that that you know you can't go by the norm, the normal realm of things. You can't go by the evidence of other things that we've seen with people from a physical level because they go beyond that. They find a way. They find a way to do that. Um,
0: hey, I Teddy, let me ask you, before, bef- ask you yeah. one, one, one quick thing before I forget. Were you yeah. more surprised at makachev's striking or volks wrestling for me it was the striking of makachev well, i, I know was just I, gonna say that sorry i, I know we love volk no, no, and I, was... I want him to win he's doing so good but i when no, you really me, look at it, was... it from a distance i'm like holy shit makachev's striking was on point he cracked volk a no, couple but of i shots. tweeted that oh, okay I, t-
1: I tweeted that i don't know if you read it but i tweeted before the fight that matter of fact um I tweeted that. I was just about to start with that. It's you put out those tweet
0: storms. Sometimes I miss yeah. them. I try to tell you when I see them. Oh, I saw no, that one, I, but I didn't see no, that I, one.
1: I mentioned that. That was one of my early tweets that the thing about Magachev, we know how great he is on the mat, and we know how Khabib-like he is, but also Khabib-like, was that Khabib brought, brought Khabib to that even greater level was he improved so much in his striking, Khabib did. And I said, Mogachev to me, has improved in his striking tremendously. And this was before the fight. I said, he's improved. And I said, that's going to be a big part of this fight because Volkanovski wants to strike, I would think, as much as he can. Obviously, thinking that, would be his strength, not on the mat. And where Makachev, you know, makes a living on the mat, on the floor. But Volkanowski wouldn't necessarily have quite the advantage that he, a lot of people might think he would have or had to have or normally would have because Makachev has made such, made up so much ground in that area. He has improved so vastly as a striker it was very evident but here's another thing that was evident maybe yeah it was just as evident Margachev's striking performance his improvement and we touched on it already Volkanovski how much he improved on a mat so it was very interesting because Margachev wants to get to the floor Volkanovski wants to stand but the reason was the kind of fight it was where Markachev could get the win in a very tightly contested fight, which I people are gonna say I'm crazy, but I was looking for a draw. I was I really I was like, hey, a draw wouldn't be bad. I know you very rarely get draws with the odd number rounds in the UFC, but that wouldn't be bad right here. Uh you know, or at the end of the day, I, I'm not going crazy as a bad decision except for that one judge that had it bad. Uh, it, it was much closer than that no matter how you look at it. So I don't know what that judge was doing. But maybe he was having too many of those 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 stout beers down under there. You know the uh, the he, those they have good beer down under. Maybe he had a couple before the fight which you never should do if you're judging. Never. That's a no-no guy. Judges out there. Don't drink, you know. We don't want to drink and drive. Don't drink and judge. Don't drink and judge. Okay. I think that's pretty basic. Uh, good, you know. Good information, and uh, we we should follow that. Uh, good advice. But being serious, Volkanovski couldn't dominate or come close to dominating the way that he might have wanted to. Striking because of Markinov's improvement in that area. So it actually, I think he actually dropped Volkanovski one time more than Volkanovski dropped him. They both dropped each other. So I'm not saying he had an edge striking, but he definitely held his own in the striking area. And then Volkanovski, you could make an argument held his own to a point on the floor with the grappling and everything else that goes on on the mat. But, in fairness, Magachev probably had a little edge on the floor. So, a little edge there, close standing, that's what gave him the fight. That he was able to hold his own striking, not get blown out of the park, or, you know, have a big, big difference in the striking. He was able to be effective enough striking, and then do his thing on the floor even though volkanovski was much greater than we thought it would be or most people would think it would be on the floor it probably eked it out that he had a little edge there on the floor but i'm telling you not much because it had everything that the great fights have it had the back and forth momentum you know it had that flow it 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 had to surges one guy's got it the other guy takes it the other guy goes back the other guy goes back that that back and forth that you know that the great fights have in whatever combat it is so as far as the getting serious with the technical breakdown of it i i thought that i thought that they both you always want the geography that is beneficial to your talents, and so they're both fighting for that geography. Volkanovsky got it. You know that old saying: "Be careful, you don't get what you ask for." <laughs> he got it, striking. But the other guy was up; he was up to snuff with it. He was up, you know. He he was ready for the. He was ready for it, and and he was able to handle himself in that geography better than maybe a lot of people thought he would. Same thing, vice versa. Again, where Volkanovski, you know, he he got taken to the geography that obviously Mikachev lives in, uh, you know, revels in, you know, uh, dominates in, and and he he was able to handle his own.
0: It would be nice if they had a criteria where they just came out and said, look, if you get a beautiful takedown, but the guy nullifies it and gets up within, I'm making it up 30 to 40 seconds and you can't do anything with it. Like it's it's neutralized. Getting up from a takedown should count just as much as the takedown. If the guy takes you down, doesn't do anything with it. Like, where's the like the, the, the defense that that takes and the strength to get up when the guy like Makachev well, gets you down? Well, that should be yeah. rewarded. But it's like, if you get the takedown, it's like, oh, foregone conclusion. At the end of the round, he took him down. Therefore, he wins the round. Like, what? Five minutes of fighting the guy got a takedown and then the guy got right back up. He didn't do anything. The one round he dominated where he had his back and I would argue that Volk did more damage. Was that, what was it? The third or the fourth round where he had his back for the whole round. But the round that Volk... Beat the brakes off him in the fifth it was like his, the best round of the fight for anyone.
1: Well, it was a great finish to a great fight. Yep. I I had it possibly because it was close. I had it possibly where Volkanovski was up two to one going into the fourth. That's that's how I had it. That's um, what I thought. I I just want to check my my notes here, but yeah, I had. Honestly, I had him up 2-1 to going into the fourth. Again, I don't think anyone figured to be possible going into this fight if you handicapped this fight going in. And the first round, Volkanovski, it was two fights in the first round, Ken. I talked about the geography, and that's really, really the focus here. Volkanovsky got the geography that, you know, his team would want, striking. And he got the cooperation of Magachev to strike with him. The first half of the round, that's what he got. The second half, it went to Magachev's geography, where Magachev went to the mat and got exactly what he would want. And that back and forth, like I said, <clears throat> that, that's, that's what made it so intriguing and, and gave it that kind of theater to a great fight. The shifts of momentum back and forth. They showed what all great special fighters show. Great talent, great technique, great toughness, of course, and great brains. These guys don't get enough credit. Agreed. For how cerebral they are, how smart they are under very extreme conditions.
0: You mentioned that about the the football, though. I think that that's the key component is a lot of people are smart. But are you smart when the lights are on and someone's bashing you in the face in front of hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people on TV? And that's like Mahomes. He's smart like he's out in his backyard playing with his kids. Yeah. How can 100%. you control the variables and, like you would say, be calm in an uncommon environment, calm in the eye of the storm? And that's what Volk and Makachev. These guys are like bred for this. Wow. Volk, and the thing I love about Volk is he's just a good person. Like we don't read about him be involved in scandals. Well, he's not both beating people. Class. Yeah, they're both, they both
1: class No, they did. They both. They both showed all the sides you have to show to be a great champion. They. They, be, they fought like champions and behaved like champions in the octagon and afterwards afterwards in the post-fight. They, they also behaved like champions, both of them, class.
0: You know what I like Nothing about them class. too, Teddy? Sometimes guys can act like gentlemen afterwards, but they're still puffing their chest and kind of putting on this false bravado. It's like these two guys personify toughness and class. They don't have to curse. They don't have to slam the podium and and, and posture and strut around like a rooster. They're just like, hey, I'm going to get in there and beat the crap out of you. And good luck. I hope you can beat the crap out of me for your sake. But they were just, I just love the way they promoted it, handled it. I like the way they handled the aftermath. They said, Islam, do you want a rematch? He's like, sure. If they want it, we can do it. And they asked Volk and he said, what did he say? Oh, if that's what he said. Yeah, I don't care about the other weight class. I don't care about the other title. If he said he'll give me a rematch, let's do it right now. No, they is, want the
1: biggest most competitive fights because that's right that's 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 what drives them that's um, exactly right you know yeah that's are not the looking for easy in fights but no,
0: that's they, so they, rare they want to be
1: tested the great ones they want to be tested they want to they want to be taken to that place that they that only great fights can take them
0: that's they so, wanna, it's so rare to have that there's so many fighters out there that are like I don't want to name him, but you know fighters, they just want the best fight that's going to be the so easiest more. money. And then there's guys Ken. like these two that are just like, give me the best guy, I don't care about the money.
1: The great fighters, I've said this before, Ken, they're, they're like great explorers. They want right. to explore, but instead of exploring the world, they want to explore their world. They want to go places... You know, kind of like Star Trek, Captain Kirk. Going places where man hasn't gone before. To new frontiers. You know, they want to... They're explorers. They want to explore the realm out there of themselves. How far can I go? And they can only do that by being in there with the most competitive, dangerous fights there are. That's what makes them special. That they do want to a lot of guys they just they just want to make money they want to win but you know they th- then they want to wrap it up and say okay we did enough to win and you know that's that's figure out let that's look at this now sit down and figure out the calendar and figure out you know what makes the most sense how we can make the most out of our career, how we can be the most productive the smartest about it all of that and that's all good stuff you know how, how we can be efficient, how we can make the most you know from a financial standpoint all part of it I get it but these guys have an element in them where again they want to explore they want to say how far can I go I I, I, I need to know. I need to know I need to be challenged and and that's that's what makes them different and I want to mention this too did you see those shots and those knees not just punches but those knees that Volkanowski took I tweeted again with our brain scientists and molecular scientists you know <laughs> I, I I put out a tweet that Volkanovski doesn't have a granite chin he's got a plutonium one <laughs> I mean I mean really and and let me tell you something let me teach something here I'm, I'm not trying to in any way be arrogant but but just to, to at all but really about some of the laymen out there that don't quite understand what it takes to have a great chin they think that it's just all molecular that it that it's all structural uh, structural that you know that the bone is different this is the it, it, it's it's not that it, it's yeah part of the physical part is like mike tyson he built up his neck you want to the shock absorber to absorb some of the shock is your neck so you want to build your neck up and Volkanovski don't have a neck by the way so that helps
0: <laughs> that, that. <coughs> he's a muscular dude
1: <laughs> yeah, so that helps, but but I'm 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 talking about something that really a lot of people probably be a little interested in. What really takes having a great shin is this. For those listening out there, you can't you're not watching the mind. I'm pointing to my head, It it's it's the mind. It, it's it's the will. It's it's demanding of yourself, mandating of yourself that you will not be taken to that place that. People get taken when they get hurt to that dark alleyway where the lights get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until you get to the end of it where it's just black. That they feel that the lights go start flickering a little bit. They do. But then they say, no. And they say, I'm not going to that dark place. I'm not going down that corridor. No, I'm, I'm not. And they keep their concentration. They keep their focus. They will their self back. They refuse to go further into that darkness. Really, that's 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 the greatest description. I I I I don't know if you guys could appreciate it, but really, I know other people could talk about this. Talk. About, that's it. That's it. You talk to any great fighter, and and they will have an experience of that. They might not articulate it that way. They might not think of it that way because it's something they just do, which is part of their greatness. Part of them being a fighter they are. Part of their what's called for in their vocation. Right? So they just do it. They don't know how to explain how they do it. But I'm telling you, that's as close of an explanation as there is. And Volkanovski and these guys, that's what they have. And that's what Volkanovski does. And that's why he could take knees, not just punches. And other guys too. There's so many of these tough guys, but special guys in this business. But that's why he can take those knees the way he took them, and 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 look like he's unfazed to to a certain extent. Um, so I I wanted to I wanted to touch on that. Like I said, it it, it lived up to its billing. Uh, I already talked about the judging. I thought it was closer. Uh, you know i I had um I had said, uh, matter of fact, I wrote a note in fairness you could say M- Makachev had, as I alluded to earlier, an edge on the mat and at least held his own in the striking um either way, uh, you know this was this was one of those fights at the end of the day. I tweeted this too. I don't think you could argue with this. whoever you thought won didn't win whatever. This was one of those fights where, in losing, the loser actually won. Where market, I mean uh, Volkanovski, in losing, not having his hand raised, he actually won. His stock went up. He's he's now more, he's bigger now than he even was before. And he 100%. was grateful for, but I thought the but same thing. fight, because that's what happened when you fight a guy they think is unbeatable, they think is a monster, they think is Godzilla, they think is King Kong. That that is almost mythical, almost where where the guy starts to take on that imagery where he's you're fighting something almost subhuman, kind of like Mike Tyson was, frankly, when he was at his peak, where people just didn't think he was beatable. They just, they really didn't. Some people melted at the thought of even having to fight him. I'm sure there's people that melt a little bit at the thought of having to fight Makachev to a certain extent, but not he He's not one of those. So when you fight a guy like that and you not only survive, but you come close to winning, you, <laughs> you were big before. And now you're a monster too. And, and Volkanovski's a monster, too, now, in that kind of way. It made him even bigger. And, and in general, it's the kind of fight where there is no loser. There is no loser, no, period. But, but this is a little different. This is a fight where the loser, the guy who didn't have his hand raised, I'll say it that way, because nobody was a loser, actually won. And it's he very rare that that away.
0: We've seen it before, but mean. it's very rare where the loser oh, comes that's what out. I'm yeah, and they said that, I saw an interview with Makachev after he was facetiming with Khabib and said, "Oh, see, if you were here, it wouldn't have been so close." And Khabib said to him, "That's good. You had to do this without me. Now you're better. You're going to be better next time." And it was a good point by both of them.
1: You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Look, there's a new superhero down under. You know, For I, I sure. don't know if it's. I don't know if he's Batman, Superman, or he's the Volkman. Maybe that's the best. I'd he's, he's the most, Volkman.
0: he should be the most the marketable guy in the sport. Like, if you don't want to oh, do God. business with Volkanovsky, uh, Dustin Poirier, there's a handful of them. They just don't get in trouble. They always represent themselves with class. They're not going to be pushed around. They're tough guys, but they're not going to say anything crazy and out of line that you like have to bleep it for the school kids. You know what I mean?
1: 100%. I'll finish with my part with this. Like I said, Claire shown by both of them afterwards, really, really, nothing, just, just exemplary, and um, and I said it earlier before we started breaking this fight down, but I'll finish saying it again. Uh, and again, you might think I'm nuts, but the Rodriguez fight might be as dangerous in some way as this fight was for volkanowski i know a lot of people can't comprehend that especially after fighting magachev i get it but rodriguez is formidable man oh, man. oh yeah. he's hungry Oof. he's talented fast he's, like i said he's he, he's well, he's fast and he's he does so many freaking things yeah i mean it's it's like how would you like to fight an octopus I it's wouldn't. Almost
0: like a he's like a mma version of roy jones just doing everything like he's just all over the place, doing things that you might not necessarily think are traditional, but he gets away with it, and he's successful, and he's and he's uh, dangerous with all these different moves, elbows from like behind his back. I mean, he's throwing strikes from everywhere. Yep,
1: yeah, but there's nothing, nothing, nothing. We've if we learned anything, that is too formidable, too difficult for a guy like Volkanovski 100%. The, and we said that because before of this the qualities.
0: fight. We said because before of the this qualities
1: fight that he possesses.
0: When we discussed this and we and I and I mentioned the lines to you for the guys at my bookie, yeah, I said, "What are you thinking?" It's, and we both yeah. agreed. You it's hard to bet against a guy like Volkanovski who just doesn't lose no matter who he's fighting. He could be fighting to your point King Kong. You're still like, eh, he's got a chance." Well, the other guy has a gun. Uh, I know, but Volkanovski's really quick. He might be able to catch that bullet with his teeth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he might. He might. He just he he just he just might. Well, um, I know we got Valentine
0: I know we got Valentine's Day coming up, so I'm get, I got to get up to get you and uh you and Rob a special uh Valentine's Day cake sent over. You got any plans I, with I don't, uh, I Elaine? don't
1: accept I don't accept any Valentine's stuff from men.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 just a I'm going to tell your grandson, Joseph, then to cancel I'm going to tell Joseph uh, then to...
1: Cancel <laughs> that. Cancel yeah, that can- cake. Hello, Joe. Cancel, uh, cancel Teddy's cake, all right? Why? What's the matter? Is he allergic to whipped cream or something? Uh, no, just allergic to men sending him, uh, <laughs> sending him whipped cream. That's right. hey, all. Otherwise, no, he's, he's fine with the whipped cream. I'm kidding. Along, I'm kidding. Along, but, those,
0: along those lines, Ted, i tell you a funny story. Yesterday when I came back from my run, <laughs> I see, I never really look at Facebook, but I heard a little notification. I got a, a direct message on um, Facebook. And I open it up and it's a, from a guy and it says, hello, handsome but I'm friends with the guy, but I don't. Sometimes I accept the friend request. I don't think about it. So I said back to him, I said, <laughs> I said back to him, I said, um, yeah. hey, buddy, um, I'm assuming if we're <laughs> yeah, friends buddy. on Facebook, you can see that I'm a married man with four children. This feels a little bit awkward that you would send me a message like this, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and assume you're just trying to be friendly. And then I said, um, <laughs> It's just very. It's just a very awkward greeting to send to a straight mm-hmm. man. What are you getting at? And then he's like, "Oh, sorry, I'm just being friendly." And then I just def- def- mm-hmm. unfriended and moved on. But I was like, "Man, what?" i don't have a problem with anyone's preference but like you I get it, I get what am i sending out that says like hey let me sh- let me take a shot at this guy you're never gonna have to worry about me calling you handsome.
1: <laughs> that's one thing no, listen you can call we, me handsome we could be together We're, we could be together for another 50 years and i hope we are but you never hear me hey handsome how's the, how's the going
0: <laughs> certainly not starting out an opening like hello handsome uh hi i'm my because my first response is you know i'm straight right okay i'm cool with whatever you are that's cool but when you say hello (laughs) handsome to me it's like calling a girl like hey sexy like which also would be inappropriate but i'm not that guy this is a great show this is a great
1: show and you know what We uh, Really, you people, you know we love you out there. We're there for you. We're at 280,000 subscribers now. Uh, Really, if you like what we do and you appreciate it the way we appreciate you guys, please subscribe and please get your friends to subscribe because I want, Ken wants, Rob wants, we want the numbers to go up. I want to hit 300,000 real fast and then I want to go higher. I want to go higher. I want to go higher. I want to go to a million. So, Guys, if you really like what we're doing and want us to keep doing it, come on, get those subscribers in.
0: And to the media outlets, we love you guys. Just please cite us and cite us prominently. If you're going to use a a line from the podcast in the title of your article, no problem. Just say Teddy Atlas on his podcast, the fight with Teddy Atlas said he thinks Jake Paul can win, not just Teddy Atlas thinks he can win. And then you write the article like you did an interview with Teddy. I mean, come on, man. Let's, like, share the love here. If we see something on your podcast, like the Chell Sonnen podcast, I'll cite it. Hey, I like Chell Sonnen's take on his podcast. Anyway. Yeah,
1: well, that's the way that I think is appropriate to do such things. One other thing I've finished with, Ken, is that I just thought it was beautiful. I love it. I just love seeing our man. Again, our man, Volkanovski's our man. We got a few. Poirier, of course. But Adesanya, who's been on our show a couple of times and his great trainer, Gene, seeing Adesanya there ringside cheering on his teammate. Yep, I I, I loved it. You know, his teammates were Volkanovski. And his teammates were Volkanowski And they're two warriors. They're two gladiators. You you could just see it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's jumping around. You know, it was like it meant as much to him as it did to Volkanovsky, like he Definitely. was in there with him.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you know like that feeling. It's like I we all ever, have that feeling. I thought feeling. it was beautiful. You, I we loved all it. get that vibe. Like it's like even amongst ourselves on the podcast, if one of us got an award, in a lot of ways. It's almost like if if you win an award when you went to the Hall of Fame, part of me felt like Rob, can you believe we made it to the Hall of Fame? <laughs> we did it.
1: That's great. We're all well, part I appreciate of it. That. That's that's what makes it special having people to share with. Yes. Otherwise, what is success without people to share with? That's Nothing. right. It's hollow. It's hollow. It's just an item. It's just an item.
0: You only get to keep what you're willing to give away. Hey, speaking of Oz, a guy reached out to me on uh, Instagram and said, hey, we want, we'd want we love to get you down here to Australia for the Melbourne uh, Marathon in October. I said, hey, if someone wants me to come down and run the marathon and is willing to like
1: uh,
0: get me down there, I'm with it. I love the Aussies, uh, and I'd beautiful. love to come down and run their marathon Aussies. in October.
1: Beautiful country. Beautiful country. Great uh, people. Really. And, and outdoorsmen and you know sportsmen and just uh people that appreciate our competition appreciate sport uh yeah that hey that would be that would be nice that would be tremendous i can't go with you because i'm not allowed in the country but we're working <laughs> on it. <laughs> ever I since I knocked John Horn, ever, ever since Jeff. I said the truth on the national broadcast on ESPN, saying that John Horn actually Jeff. lost Jeff to Pacquiao. Horn. Oh no, we can't Horn. come in our country, and and they forget about it that I said he's you know he's not the great fighter you think he's. I get he's a tough son of a gun. I give him all the credit in the world. He okay, he got the title. He's going to make some money. I, I love it. I love it. But he's going to get destroyed by Crawford. Oh no, no. Okay, he got destroyed by Crawford. But <laughs> it was he, Jeff. Horn, Jeff mean, Horn,
0: not John, but um, and 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 to that yeah, point, Horn, if it had fun. anything to do with nationality, we wouldn't be fawning over Volkanovsky and uh, Arasanya. It's not; it's just we yeah, just talk about facts. There's nothing else matters. Race, nationality, ethnicity—the only thing that matters here is oh, the truth. Please. And uh, so, um, I'm pretty sure though that Volk can get you a visa now that he's in the in <laughs> in the driver's yeah, seat. He's I'm practically sure the that. governor now.
1: One other thing I add to when we were talking about how much I and both of us appreciate seeing Adesanya cheering for his teammate. But it's not just a guy cheering. It's another samurai. These guys yeah. are samurai. Really, they, they understand the code of, of conduct of, of the, and the risk of the realm that they live in, that they compete in. And so the appreciation that he's in there with this monster, and he's he's doing what he has to do, and he's he's shocking the world, or at least part of the world, by doing it. Uh, his appreciation was it was it was just so it was palatable, where you know at a time, yeah, 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 because he knows what he's up against. <laughs> he 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 knew. What he was being challenged by, and it was it was really it was nice. I really loved it. And again, he's got it all, Volkanovski. You know, not just the talent, and you know that that he's improved on the mat and all that stuff, but that it factor to 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 have his back to the guy, and then he's back back hitting him with fists and as he's talking as he's talking and he's basically talking to the audience he's talking to Michael Sheriff. I mean wow you, know, you talk about theater you talk about you know something being dramatic that that had everything it had it had it had everything you need in a great event the it only really thing we,
0: the only thing missing was a Chinese spy balloon or a UFO yeah that's coming that's probably coming <laughs> that sounds like cool. the great distraction they're
1: everywhere they're everywhere <laughs> they're, they're everywhere
0: Ken, wonder what they're trying to distract from with all this nonsensical <laughs> news all of a sudden this UFOs coming up that are like have no propulsion sent trillions of miles from other planets and we shot it down <laughs> with a jet that can only stay in the air for 120 minutes <laughs> without uh, getting yeah. fuel
1: <laughs> uh, yeah meanwhile we waited we waited like yeah. a week to shoot it down like uh, uh, why bother <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, mission sure complete
1: I <laughs> <laughs>
0: the hope they got uh, the 8-track that they were recording on and it wasn't transmitted back to wherever All they I know. were know can- <laughs> listen
1: when you're done with your marathon days if you yeah. decide to go into politics I'm voting for you <laughs> Ken Ryder please I'll never get please.
0: elected they, they, can't, they only want the people uh, they can you, control you, you,
1: you got one vote right here. You got one vote right here. Well, matter of fact, you got my whole house.
0: Two hundred and eighty from the two hundred and eighty thousand people that yeah, that were. That's watched right. The show. You got our army.
1: <laughs> we have a little army. You got our army. I'll bring that army with us.
0: Yep. Well, Teddy, great talking to you this week. Always the highlight of my week. Mondays to get to see you, Rob, and the great Sam Rivera over there. It was great being with you guys. Great being with the fans. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have Volk on the show. Volk, if you see this, we'll talk to you next week. Wink, wink. Um, Teddy, thanks for doing this, and have a great Valentine's Day. And tell Elaine I said, Happy Valentine's Day.
1: Thank you. And do the same to your wife, please, your family. and um And all, all, all the... All the people out there, all the you, all the young ladies out there, mothers, uh, kids, um, everybody, uh, all of you, the couples, uh, the singles, every, happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Just It's about love. Yep. It's about appreciation, right? Like, it's uh, about,
0: as the notorious B.I.G. would say, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way.
1: It's, it's the Brooklyn and Staten Island way, you know, um, and you can also get your Super Bowl box for next year <laughs> while you're here. But really, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Spread the love.
0: And with that. See you guys.